Welcome back to the Expanded Minds Podcast. Today, I got a special guest with me. Our name is Madison England. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing excellent. So we both got like green in our background. I know. Look at us. Are you an earth sign? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) When are you born? August 14th. Okay, so you're a Leo. You're a fire sign. So, damn, I thought you'd be an earth sign. We'd both have earth. (laughs) I don't burn that plant back there. It's easy to kill them. Yeah, so yeah. I got to be careful. <laughs> Minor fate for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so do you mind sharing a little bit of your story and you know, introduce yourself to the people who have no idea who you are? Yeah, sure. So my name is Madison England. Um, my business is called It's Already Yours. Obviously, that's a very common manifestation mindset. And that's why I kind of picked that. Um, I am a Reiki master teacher. I'm a spiritual coach. I'm an intuitive energy healer. I do a lot of things. I'm very much so known for being very eclectic. Um, and so I focus most on teaching people how to connect with themselves and how to understand and learn their energetic body. Um, cause our energetic body is the foundation for our physical body, our emotional body, all of that. And Knowing how you are and how you work in your energy field helps you understand how to heal trauma, how to be more comfortable with yourself, how to find more confidence with yourself and things like that. So I approach it in a very eclectic way. Um, I help people just figure themselves out a little bit more um, in a coaching aspect, in a healing aspect, but then in a teacher aspect, I'm able to attune people to accessing certain abilities to do more self-discovery within themselves. Um, so that's kind of what I do. I've been doing this for almost two years now, professionally. <laughs> awesome. So like with uh, starting a spiritual journey, I think going from like not believing in a spiritual realm or the unseen, if you will, to actually believing in it, it's a very interesting process, like how that comes about. I think it's very important to kind of touch on like what that looks like for people in general, because I think it happens in different ways for people. So like, yeah, yeah. How did you start your spiritual journey? Yeah. Everyone's experience is going to be a little bit different. Um, I believed in nothing greater than just earth and like the physical, I believed that we were just here kind of by chance, human race, whatever. I didn't really think that there was anything more out there. Um, and then like most people's spiritual awakening, something, happens in your life and it shakes the ground beneath you uh it's like a massive earthquake shit falls apart and we kind of call that a tower moment when everything comes crumbling down and you look for something greater than you because you don't know what to do you don't have the tools to go through that you're so overwhelmed and you're like what the fuck do i do so i was going through a really really tough tough transition in my life and my mom who does the same work that i do it's funny like mother like daughter but She was like, you know what, why don't you come stay with me for the weekend? And I have this woman who I I saw her for some quantum energy healing. I'm like, maybe, maybe you just need to see her. She taught me a lot about myself. And so my mom and I started our path at the same time. She had seen this woman a couple weeks before. And so I was like, what the fuck? Like, it can't hurt, right? My mom's paying for it. So (laughs) it's nothing out of my pocket, so it's fine. So I, and I go to this woman and we sit down. And within minutes, like she's her eyes, she's reading you, right? And I'm like, oh God, she can really see me. And I didn't like being so seen. And then we sit down, she looks at me, she goes, 
you're so sensitive. And at that point in my life, my entire identity was like this pillar of strength. Nothing could hurt me. Bad bitch, boss bitch. Like I was like tough, right? And I go, yeah. And I just start crying and I, everything just kind of falls out because like what I had been fighting internally and I wasn't aware was like my emotions and like actually letting them come out and feeling things. So she did a, a quantum energy healing and Reiki on me. And my biggest blockage was my solar plexus, which is the mental body. And your solar plexus is all about your identity, who you are, ego, life force, energy, and things like that. And I had so much shit in there. She was in that chakra alone for like 30 minutes. And so there are a lot of blockages there about who I am and my identity. And so when she opened that up, I started to be able to look into myself clearer. It was like it cleared the fog and the mist where I could actually see where I was driving. And then I started to connect with myself even more. And my mom started advancing in her journey. And she had like a lifelong friend who's very well known in the spiritual community. Her name's Serena Baptista. She's very, very well known. And we've known her since, uh, whew, I think I was probably in third grade. Um, my sister was in a classroom with her son. And all her work is based off of channeling her son who passed away when he was young. Um, and so she, my mom was doing some workshops with her and then I started joining some of those workshops. And so what happened first for me, once I just started to kind of understand that there was more than me because I had felt different things in my body, I took a Reiki attunement class because my mom had done it. And I was like, this is kind of cool. This is kind of powerful. And like, I clearly had a lot of trauma. So I was like, I want to just figure out how to do this myself. And so I took the class of level one and two to just kind of learn how to heal myself. But that opened up my crown in like an astronomical way. And I started receiving messages and downloads and it was just like a lot at once. But I had the woman from the very beginning who did the quantum energy healing on me as my coach and my guide. And she's still my coach to this day. I have literally her to thank for everything. Um, well, I mean me, but you know. So um, so yeah, I, I ended up you know, going to her for coaching and figuring out how to work with all these tools. And I, I, I call like, you know, activating your abilities and connecting and healing and evolving with yourself in, in a spiritual way, like going to the gym, you have to activate and exercise your third eye muscle. Otherwise it's just, it's there, but it's not strong. So she taught me how to do that. She taught me how to heal myself in so many ways. And then I just started like, you know, I got my Reiki master attunement and then I was doing tarot and, and all these things. And then I learned how to channel and it just kind of, you just keep leveling up from there. And, and then I got my Akashic records um, attunement as well. And I just kept advancing, but you can't start um, tapping into that part until you do a lot of clearing and releasing of this old energy of you to allow this new energy of connection to higher self to, to really kind of come in, kind of make space for that. So it was, it was a very chaotic first year, just like it was so much at once. So it was very helpful to have a coach to help me see through all of that clearly. So uh, going back to like when she, that lady, she went into your, your solar, solar, solar plexus, plexus area. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, how, how was that like, though, like for it to be blocked and then to open up? Was it like you physically feel a difference? Like I remember walking in and I always had like um, I was always like I was a dancer for a long time. So like and ballet especially. So like tight core was always my thing. 
And I didn't realize that when I walked out of there, like I almost felt, I felt a release. I didn't feel tight in my stomach, but I, I felt nauseous at one point things were coming out. Right. I felt, um, I felt like I lost 10 pounds within a like within an hour after my body was kind of processing, I felt like I lost 10 pounds. Um, Congrats. Yeah. I, and I felt just more open and more free, which was great. And there was one time I, I was placed under a really nasty psychic attack by someone that I had known. And this was before I learned how to clear dark entities. But I remember I went and saw her for this and she cleared this nasty entity in my sacral chakra and it felt like something clawing its way out of my fucking uterus so you really do feel things transform or like even the slightest thing of saying like all energy that is not my own must leave my body now you take a breath and you feel like an openness you feel like there's space now like something kind of is not there anymore in like a good way right so it felt really good but i was also crying my eyes out because like as there's this physical release, there's this emo like the emotional trauma that's bound to the physical tightness is leaving too. So I'm like crying and sometimes we sneeze or we yawn or things like that, or we laugh, like it's different things, but I'm like crying the whole time. It was very, very powerful. And I didn't know what to make of it. I was very confused by all of it. But when I look back, I go, oh, now I know what I was experiencing, but it's overwhelming. So was it just in there that you felt an opening or was it like in other areas as well? Oh, everywhere. She went through um, all of the chakras, each of the seven main bodies. She went through other chakra points as well. There's the Alta Major chakra on the back of your neck. We have chakras on our back, upper, middle, lower. Um, she went through my whole body in a lot of different ways. That was just the biggest blockage that I had. My heart was so blocked. My crown was so blocked. I had birth trauma in a spiritual sense, just as much as a physical sense. But um, I my soul left my body immediately when I came out. So when we come out of um, the womb, the soul of a baby is hovering over the mom. And then once the, the actual body comes out, the soul goes into the into the, the child. So the soul's not in, in the stomach. And my soul came in and said, oh, nope, and left right away because I had just so much trauma from the lifetime that was closest to that one because lifetimes are parallel. They're not like chronological order. Um, of a lot of murder. I've had a lot of murder in my soul history. And my soul was like, yeah, no, I'm out. And so I had a lot of blockages in my crown. So I remember having like headaches for like two days as I was like kind of still releasing and I had to take a lot of cleansing baths. So I felt it all over, all over. Yeah. So as, I think it's also important too, like where you mentioned uh, being a little bit out of body. Because mm -hmm. I think that part of the spiritual awakening process or even if you're like you're somewhat in tune with energy all around you, you'll notice how a lot of people aren't in their bodies. They're just mm -hmm. walking around. We call them like NPCs or bots or whatever. <laughs> but, but, I like you know, to lot... call them like lost souls. Like they're just, yeah, they're they're just connected. Yeah. <laughs> but um, sometimes, especially when you get lost like that, especially when I've been through those seasons, it's like you get dreams on it too. Like you'll see yourself wandering or things like that. Mm -hmm. So like, how, how can somebody like come back from being lost and start to like come back into their body and start to cleanse, you know, themselves and things like that? It, cleansing is, I think everyone asks me this question because a lot of what I do is deep energy clearings and I teach people about dark energy and dark entities and how energy works. Um, and I think what everybody wants to hear is a, 
a quick little thing. Like all I have to do is this, all I have to do is light some sage or an incense and then I'm good. And it's that, yeah, you can cleanse a physical space, but it's, it's a little bit more complex, but the more that you do it, it becomes a quick, easy thing. So there's lots of different ways that you could do this. First and foremost, Reiki. Reiki is such a high vibrational light that nothing of darkness can exist in your body. So in order for your soul to be a your higher self and your soul to be in your body, you, there has to be space for it. And oftentimes when we disassociate, we use substances that change our psychoactive components. So cannabis, alcohol, shrooms, even things like ayahuasca, um, we can, our soul leaves our body because our consciousness changes and dark energy can kind of come in and it's a light energy won't come in because light is just existing in light. It doesn't need to take anything over, but darkness wants to, to take over. It has an agenda. And, um, and so then that's occupying our body and then there's no space for higher self. So I, in my deep energy clearings, I clear people, I teach them how to do it at the same time. So I'm coaching them through it. So they only maybe need me every now and then, but they have, they take the skill home with them. Um, and that is, that can be done through Reiki if you're a Reiki practitioner. Um, but it's also just sitting in each of your seven spiritual bodies, going into each one through each chakra point and looking these energies face to face and then telling them to leave and spreading light. Connecting to source feels like you've got this pillar of energy in the center of your chakra system. So we open our crown to source and we have our roots attached to source from the ground and we pull that energy in through the center of our body and then we spread it out and we use it like a wave. I always say like a tsunami is just washing away and then you tell the energy to leave, but you have to fully be in your body. You can't be in your head. It's not just visualizing. You have to be scanning your body. Um, and then from there, um, you can call your higher self back in, but he, she, they, they're not going to come in and if there's not room. So at that point, when I do a soul integration with people, I have them, I call, I call their higher self in, but then I have them do it because they need to learn and they need to also communicate with themselves. So I have them call them in. Um, and then I say, do you feel the presence? And they go, yes. And some people it's the cognizance. It's the knowing some people can feel like an energy. It's everyone's different. And then I go, okay, so you're going to open your arms and invite them in to hug you. And when they hug you, you kind of become one and you're hugging yourself. And as they're doing that, I'm kind of using energy and I'm kind of guiding them together because this is usually the first time for people. Really the simplest thing if you're doing it by yourself is kind of that independently, clear yourself and then call your higher self in, give them a hug, become one. And most people after that session, they feel so different. And the word that people usually use to describe is they feel home. They feel like they're home. Like, this is the feeling that I've been searching for my whole life. Like, I remember feeling that I was a heavy, like, cannabis user, like, heavy 420 girl. And I was using that as a way to feel the feeling of just fully being in my body. And now I will never go that route. I'll only chase this feeling. And so when people feel that, they go, this is what I'm looking for in other people, in substances, in music, in activities. Like, I'm, I've been looking for this feeling of being home. Um there are other ways that you can go about it too, um, but I think it's really important to teach people how to learn how to clear energy within their body and what it feels like to be in their body. So that's my main approach. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we are going back to like when the lady, she was like clearing your centers and stuff. Like what was it? 
what was it like for someone to actually start to do the work on you? Because, and like, at what points did you start to notice she was doing something too? Because I think that just in general, people have psychic abilities and the ability to like enter into you and do stuff and manipulate certain things and centers consciously or, or unconsciously. So like for you and going through that process, you said like when you first walked in, like you felt like she was able, she was able to see right through you. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was like the starting point. But then like, how did it, how did it continue to unfold from there? Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm a very sensitive person. I feel everything. Um, I feel other people's emotions. I'm very clear sentient and I always have been. I was a very sensitive child to energy, to temperature, to everything. And so I would, I would know if there's something going on. Like chills are like 10 times stronger in my body than like the average person. I was always hypersensitive. So I, at first I was just like laying there and I was like, okay, whatever. And then she, she said to me at one point, she goes, I need you to open up. And I said, what do you mean open up? Like I'm here. She's like, no, I need you to just like take a five, five, five breath. So breathing in for five, holding for five, letting out for five and just kind of like melt into your body a little bit. And once I did that, then I started to feel tingles and I was like, oh, this feels really warm, like warm tingles, like a, like a a nice warm good water pressure in the summer like in a shower you know it just felt really good and then it started to move throughout my body and then I started to cry and I didn't know why I was crying and then she was like it's okay that you're crying we're actually releasing something so it was kind of like I was feeling things and then I kind of got that confirmation I didn't know the difference between subtle energy of light and subtle energy of darkness at that point in time so I wouldn't have been able to tell if she was doing anything dark because I was new and that's what a lot of people are experiencing right now is they're going to people because they're vulnerable. They don't know the difference and they're, they're being dangerously harmed. It wasn't until years later, what was it? I guess it was only like 10, 10 months ago. There's like a really, really dark spiritual astrologist on TikTok who I was friends with because I hadn't had much experience with darkness. I was still using cannabis, so I didn't really... Yeah, you know, I, I was, I was, I had all entities all over me and I didn't know either. Um, and he had placed a gnarly psychic attack on me, entities all over my home, all over my body. And that was my first exposure to what darkness feels like in subtle energy and what is not of light. Like darkness is just the absence of light. And so unfortunately, the only way that you know what that is and how to recognize it is through experience. Um, so I wouldn't have known then what was going on, but I do remember feeling warmth and tingles. And then the more that you learn about energy, you go, oh, those are positive signs, not positive signs. Your body's stiff. You're uncomfortable. It feels like a pit in your stomach or your heart's beating really fast. Like you kind of tension in your shoulders and your neck. Like you start to learn those things. But yeah, fortunately, that's the only way to learn subtle energy is through experience. <laughs> yeah. How have you seen like other people uh, have spiritual awakenings? Because it seems like obviously you had a, uh, somebody help guide you through. But have you seen people that haven't, you know, uh, had the guidance necessarily, but still had a spiritual awakening, things like that? Yeah, I think a lot of people, that's what they're doing right now is they're going through it and they don't necessarily have a support system. And I'm going to be honest with you, I really, really feel for people who are at the beginning of their journey right now. And they their source of information is TikTok everyone's so overwhelmed. 
I would not want to be at the beginning of my journey right now. I see how hard it is for people. I see how misle misled everyone is. I see how confused of all the different information, the fear, the shame, the judgment, the right versus wrong, a true spiritual path is that there is no right or wrong way of having a spiritual path. You know, like people are shaming the spiritual ego, but it's like, that's duality. Like people have to fulfill that role. Like, otherwise, like that's, how do we know what spiritual ego is if we're not seeing that in certain people? Um, how do we know that, you know, the, the fear and the shame that we're seeing kind of in the spiritual community is not spiritual unless we're seeing that it's tied to religion. Like we just need people to play those roles, but I, people are so confused and so overwhelmed. They don't know who to trust. They don't know where to look. They don't know what's true, what's not. And I'm trying to start more language of that on my TikTok and on my live streams and stuff. It's just like, you need to learn to take what resonates and discard what doesn't. The only way that you know what's right or wrong is by using your intuition. And that means you first have to connect with your body. And there's all these steps. So people can absolutely have these awakenings on their own. And I, I did mine on my own at the beginning until I was like, okay, I need help. But um, it's not always an accessible option. It can be expensive for certain people or, you know, it just, you know, people don't even have a gut feeling on who's the right person. I really feel for people at the beginning of their journey right now. It's, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah, it can be hard to find a master for sure. Like I've gone through my searches on like who to trust, things like that. Yeah, and I think the up... spiritual journey for men is very different for women. And finding also, the, well, like it's an entirely different experience being, being a masculine presence, right? Like the divine feminine, the divine masculine. Now, like the divine feminine, the divine masculine are energies within both of us, right? But most men, and this is a majority, are more dominant in their divine masculine energy. That's just the majority, but that's not all, right? Um, and so when you're using a spiritual path, your connection with your masculinity is very different from a, like a, a dominant divine feminine's connection with their masculinity. Um, a lot of my spiritual guy friends, they, they talk about how things are just different. And a lot of the spiritual language on TikTok in particular is very catered towards women just in general. Um, every men and women just in general have different experiences on earth and the physical. So you can imagine that energetically, you're also going to have differences. Um, so, you know, a lot of men want to work with a coach that is a man because they also understand the worldly part, the physical spiritual journey is not just this 5d da, 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 da. it's the integration of that with the physical and how your role here on earth is still a role here on earth that you have to play and vice versa right but um i think it's tough to find the right person but i think there's just not a lot of men in this space in general so men who are on this journey they're like well who's gonna help me all their their only options are women and I don't think a lot of men maybe feel very comfortable with that because a lot of women might not understand what it's like to be a man um, so I think it can, it can just vary. Mm -hmm. Like, um, well, kind of, I want to go back to like, you were talking about you're having headaches going through like mm -hmm. your spiritual, uh, awakening process. And I could remember clearly, like there was a moment I was having an awakening or whatever. And I was like at my school and I remember just having an intense headache and I was having like an intense pressure in my, in my forehead right here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why the hell am I having headaches? I never, I don't know. I didn't eat anything wrong. And I was, I was in like a Christian private school. So uh -huh. obviously anything with like third eye is like demonic. 
Yeah. So like I was like Googling like why do I have headaches, pressure right here. The only thing that came up on Google was third eye stuff. So the pineal gland, right? The pineal gland is known for being connected to the third eye. So you're like, huh, maybe they're on to something. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I remember having this contradiction inside of myself, fighting that, like whether I should believe in this stuff or not. But obviously, like during that period, I was having a lot of stuff happen, like mystically, a lot of mystical mm -hmm. experiences. But like for you, one was like, when did your mind start to like open up like that? Like, what was that moment like? Was it that headache area? Or was it like, did things start to unfold even more after that? I don't think there was one particular moment. Like, I think it was just like so much, so much, so much was going on at once. I don't, I mean, I guess I would take it back to my experience with um, Heather. That's the first woman who I did Reiki with, but I don't remember a specific physical experience. I just kind of remember being on that path. Like, I don't really remember much before that. And that's kind of the funny part. Cause it's like, this is where I was always supposed to go. Um, so it was kind of just like, Oh, you're on, you're on this track now. And it was that, you know, I, I don't remember it being anything very specific like that. I do remember the first time when I was, I was practicing with cards and tarot the first time I got a very, very clear message. I was doing a reading for someone and the message that was coming through was, it's so funny because like eight months later I saw it play out and I was like, Oh my God, they gave me a card that was like, this is the message, but it's not for them. Or it was something like, like they don't need to know this, but I was like, but then why are you telling me? Right. I didn't, I didn't understand that. And then all of a sudden I got a, on the back of my head and I was recording it on my camera. And I remember seeing my hair go. <laughs> and I was like, Oh shit. Um, I remember when, um, I had stopped using cannabis. I was, I was like a month into being sober. I was fully in my body. I started seeing auras and entities and I was like, Oh my God, this is too much. Turn this off. I don't want to see this. And you're not seeing entities for what they are. You're, they're just like black blobs to me of what I'm seeing, or I'm feeling them. And then I was like, oh my God, this is too much. And then I had to learn how to turn the dial down. I don't need it on all the time. I turn it on when I need it. So I remember things like that, but I don't remember my first like awakening moment. It was just a very like, I'm just here. You know, it's funny, like when you said that, um, usually, usually if I see auras on people, like as soon as you started saying that, like, I saw your aura just come up like that. What was my color? It was white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had two clients before this, so I had to be very clear and very raised regardless. But yeah, <laughs> my aura is often white or purple. That's funny. In the go. <laughs> and then it just popped up and then went away. But <laughs> peekaboo. <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk about healing here. Um, so first off, what is shadow work? Shadow work is essentially the uh practice of going deep within yourself to i like to look at shadow work as like the backpack on your back of all the shit that you're carrying that you don't need to carry anymore it's stuff that happened in your childhood in your teenage years it doesn't matter what time it's just something that happened to you something that you experienced that caused a traumatic response on a scale of minor to major and instead of working through it it was like a wine stain on a carpet. You didn't get it out immediately. You let it set. 
and then it's in your backpack. And shadow work is taking everything out of that backpack and cleaning it essentially. So um, a lot of people like to use um, tools like ayahuasca and shrooms to do their shadow work, but all the answers that you really have are within you anyway. So people are very uncomfortable with shadow work because they have to literally look themselves in the mirror and bring up old stuff that maybe others did to them or things that they did to others, which accountability is a hard thing for a lot of people. Um, and it's also not a one size fits all. I think people look at shadow work as journaling. Um, I do shadow work. I just talk to myself out loud. Uh, I'll be quiet. I'll have no TV, no, no phone, no noise, no music. Um, my phone's off usually. Um, or I'm sitting at a park, I'm somewhere in nature that typically helps. Um, sometimes I'll meditate, have my eyes closed. Some of my clients, they do audio recordings, audio journals, because that's more how they are, but they want to keep track. I don't feel the need to keep track. Um, maybe sometimes I'll write like a big aha moment in my journal at the end. But, you know, it's really just about processing and then feeling. So you've identified it. You've gone back and lived it. But now what are you going to do energetically with it? You can't just acknowledge that it happened and like, okay, I'm good. Um, so I think the biggest component that people are missing in shadow work is then energetically sending it away, like cutting cords with it, making peace with it, forgiving, um, moving forward in whatever way that looks like. And I think um, for some people that looks like a meditation for others, that's a cord cutting. It can be so many different things, but um, it's really freeing yourself from the shit that you just don't have to carry anymore. Yeah. Like for me, the process and what it looks like is, so I'll sit down, I have like a certain meditation that I listen to, and then I'll allow whatever traumas or, you know, blockages or whatever come up to the surface. And so it'll pop up in my body, like before it's like unconscious. And then all of a sudden, like it'll, you can feel it come up in your body, whether it be tension, you know, shortness of breath, uh, like weird feelings or whatever feelings they will just come up and then I'll sit there and then you know, you, you either make a choice to identify with the trauma and allow it, you know, say that this is me or choose not to identify with it and allow it to come to the surface and then come out. Mm -hmm. And usually when that happens, then, you know, that's when you start to feel lightness. Uh, I can start to breathe more deeper. And so usually the, that's kind of the process for me where it's just, it comes up to the surface, you feel it, it's like right there. You start to see it with your light or with the you start to put it into the light and then mm -hmm. it just dissipates. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm curious, like, how is your process like? How does it look like for you to do it? Um, if I'm kind of talking to myself and working through things out loud and then going into meditation, my meditation part is often me having a conversation in the soul realm with either myself or the other person or like going back in and, and revisualizing the situation, being there and then like, I like to do things like give a rose to someone or give like love from my heart center to someone if I'm letting things go or forgiving. I do the same thing if someone's like trying to evil eye me or energetically attack me because you get that a lot when you're a person on TikTok. People just don't like you just to not like you. Um, but <clears throat> I think I put, I put light and I put love into everything um, that I'm trying to heal or I'm trying to um, repurpose into light. So um, sometimes if it's with another person, I'll, I'll like kind of cut a cord, I'll give them a hug, I'll say my piece, we'll separate. It's, it's really just, I have, to, I have to make peace with it. 
And I make the choice to no longer carry that with me anymore. And I think a lot of people, they just really like identify with their trauma as who they are, their personality. And because I don't have that attachment at all, because I've done so much shadow work, I just say bye. I just give, I give what, what the situation arose. I give the person arose. I give them love for my heart center. And I say, okay, I, I'm free of this. I move on now. And sometimes I have to do that a couple times, depending on how big the wound is. You know, sometimes I go in there and I'm like, oh, all right, something triggered me. I'm clearly not over it. Triggers are showing me what I need to work on. All right, let me go back in, figure out what this is. What did I not get to the bottom of quite yet? And can you tell me about like the ways that people gaslight themselves or self-gaslight themselves? I'm like, what is that? So self-gaslighting um, depends on how you look at it. But a lot of people will kind of try to convince themselves that they should be further off in their healing journey or they should be doing more or they shouldn't feel this way, you know, invalidating their actual feelings because um, it's, I feel like people often compare themselves to where other people are at or someone told them that they need to get over it quicker or something like that. Um, <clears throat> I think that's just a disconnection with higher self because higher self would never do that. And so, but that's part of shadow work is getting rid of the clutter to welcome higher self in. So sometimes what uh, I have a one client that I did this with and it worked really, really well. So we, um, we went into the memory and to the, into the shadow work in, in a meditative journey. And then we called in her higher self to have her higher self give her a message of how she, how, how to look at things differently, but she needed to hear it from her higher self. And her higher self was like, healing isn't linear. Like said all the things that you hear. It's like, you're doing great. You're supposed to be learning through these things. And like, you're supposed to be questioning this and going backwards and all this stuff. Like one step backwards is actually five steps forward, you know, and like things like that. Um, but I think it's very normal to self gaslight because we learn from that. And then we go, oh, that self gaslighting. Why was I doing that to myself? We also gaslight ourselves when we've been gaslit. We're just mirroring what people have done to us. And we're just being hard on ourselves. There's a lack of compassion and love for ourselves when we're healing because we're just like deep in our wounds. And it's like, but how are you supposed to heal without love? When you, when someone's crying because they like scraped their knee, like you go over and you're like, oh my God, are you okay? Why aren't you doing that for yourself? Um, and I think that's where the gaslighting comes in. Is there like anything else that you would recommend uh, to help people heal themselves like food, like any foods that would help or any any rituals or anything else that would help? It really heal? depends on like who you are, where you live, your journey. I don't think a lot of that's a one size fits all. On the physical, more sun. Most people are extremely deficient in vitamin D. And vitamin D, the sun, is what balances all of our hormones. So on the physical level, we all need more vitamin D. Um, a lot of people on the physical also, like they have like gut issues, like the food that we eat is so unbelievably poisonous. Um, I use Reiki to kind of like help the frequency of my food a little bit. And that's one of the best things that I feel like has helped me for a while. But I think people are also just really deficient in minerals. And that's why we have gut issues and digestive issues and um, skin issues um, and all kinds of autoimmune and stuff like that, too. That's that's the physical answer for a lot of that. So I take CMOS for that. And that's helped me with my mental clarity a lot. Um, mugwort is a good psychic activator herb, but it's very powerful. And so it should be used 
a little bit out first and slowly integrate it to more. Um, or you can get like tinctures. Like I keep this right here. It's a little tincture. You can do a couple drops. Um, but that also can impact your hormones in a good way. But if you're trying to conceive a child, not something that's recommended. So it just really varies. I think what everyone needs to do is just connect with themselves. That's the answer to healing on the emotional level. Like, yeah, you can help with your hormones to get more sun and, you know, have CMOS and things like that. But like all your answers are within you. And if you're not going within you, then you're not, you're scratching the surface. You got to go down to the root of the issue. And that's only going to be found from within you. Um, and I think people are uncomfortable with that. They do it once or twice and it doesn't work. And then they give up. Um, they don't have the right resources in front of them. So it's tough, but you just have to keep trying. And if you need support, you have to find someone, I guess. Honestly, I really wouldn't know what to do with someone at the beginning of all this if I didn't have a coach. <laughs> I want to go back into like the, the psychic attacks. I found that pretty interesting. Mm. Uh, so like, or for you, like what was, how did you start to develop maybe a strategy or maybe uh, protect yourself against psychic attacks? Um, I don't think you can always have like a bulletproof shield on. I think we learn a lot through different levels of psychic attacks and energy attacks. Like my first one was such a big one. And I learned a lot. I learned about being a clear channel and the importance of like, you know, sobriety. Um, and that was huge. And then, you know, later on, someone attacked me a couple months later, um, a, a big spiritual TikToker. Again, um, this is a woman though she didn't like something that I posted and she followed me to kind of like lurk on me and she started kind of attacking me. And I was like, hmm, weird. Um, so, and I do my rituals. Like that was months later and I do all my rituals. I think the best way to do things is to cleanse at night, like cleanse everything from the day, every night in a meditation. But like, how do we know like what duality is? How do we know what dark energy is if we don't experience it? Um, and I think that doesn't really ever go away. You just learn to have it more scarce and it, it doesn't impact you greatly. I catch it earlier on now, but I don't think you can just have like a, an indefinite ward up. Like, I just don't think that that is, um, you know, dark energy is all around us and it's just looking for a body to take over to have power. So it just takes one little thing for something to, you know, come in you or, whatever. So you should be cleansing every day. Um, you should be protecting every day, but it's more important to cleanse than it is more than anything, because you could put all the words up in the world, disassociate for two seconds and boom, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. cleansing is what I would focus on. What I found like interesting too, uh, I, I started being very observant of how these things happen. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I would have like, I had this weird out of body experience once where I'll try to just keep it vague, but like I basically came out of my body. But when I came out of my body, I came out like as if I was drunk. Mm -hmm. So I come out of my body, and I'm just stumbling around, just like, well, like, you know, as if I'm about to black out, yeah. be drunk. And what I started noticing is also like when I woke up in the morning, just like no auto body experience or anything, I just wake up and I'd have the exact same feeling like lingering with me. So I'd just be look just like, Feeling like a little bit off. Like a little I bit call that down. being in the passenger seat of your own body. Like you're still kind of there, you know, because you're aware that you're feeling off, but you're not in the driver's seat. Yeah. 
something else, <laughs> is, driving, something else is driving your vehicle. <laughs> exactly. So Clouding your vision. Uh, it's interesting though, like when you start to clear it, because when it starts to, I wouldn't say I necessarily clear all the way yet, but when I've seen it clear, or at least something starts to clear, it's like you start to emit a warmth from you again mm -hmm. that was never there, or that was there, but you know, it was blocked because of the attack or whatever. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Yeah, that's uh, exactly how that happens. Can you tell me like about the masculine and feminine energies? Like I'm, I'm not necessarily clear on what that is. So like, yeah, can you tell me so, what that is? So basically like um, yin and yang, right? The, the feminine and the masculine, right? And it kind of goes like that. That's dark and light. That's the concept of duality is like all energy of opposition, right? Um, and so there is a collective divine feminine energy and a collective divine masculine energy, but we also have that energy within ourselves, kind of like we are droplets of source consciousness, but we aren't source consciousness. Like source consciousness is everything right up there, but we are little pieces of source consciousness, kind of the same thing. We have pieces of divine feminine and divine masculine, but it's also an overall energy. And the whole story about like the reptilians and Atlantis and all that is that when the reptilians came to earth they split the divine masculine and the divine feminine up in the collective energy. So we're all coming into earth with like an imbalanced divine feminine and masculine. And part of our journey is to heal that part of ourselves. So the feminine is our left side. The feminine is the moon. The feminine is the, the white, the healer, you know, that kind of energy. The masculine's like the right side and it's the sun and all those other elements. Right. And so um, our mass, our divine masculine energy within us has got to be like our stability, our foundation, our provider energy. And then our feminine is our receiving, our softness, um, our creation energy. And the list goes on and on. And I have a whole folder on my TikTok with a lot more in depth and the qualities and stuff. What people are doing, a lot of women who have dominant divine feminines, because we have a dominant energy that's kind of going to come out more. And that's why with like, some men who are like more feminine, they just, they're in a male body, but they have more of a dominant divine feminine energy that they're here to live out. And that's kind of why it's different from gender. It's, it's, it's a frequency, it's an energy. It's, it's not a construct, a social construct like gender is, but, um, a lot of, you know, divine feminine women, um, we have wounded masculine energy. And a lot of this has been media and propaganda and all this stuff. But like women are heavy in this wounded masculine energy where they are trying to be too much in that provider authority energy. And they're not at all in their creation rest energy. Like I was one of those people too. Like I was literally like, I want to be the CEO of a company. I want to work my whole life. I don't want to have kids. Um, I want to make all this money. I want to do everything on my own. I don't need no man. Da, da, da. And that's fine. You don't have to marry somebody. You don't have to have a partner. You don't have to have kids, whatever. That's not, that's not the whole point. I was not resting. I was not creating. I was not doing anything out of my feminine abilities. I was all in my masculine and it was on overdrive. Right. And that was just like trying to be my own provider for everything. Now, a balance of that would look like I'm providing for myself in the ways that I need to but I'm resting and I value partnership because that's what one of the things is for me. That's not going to be the same for everyone. I value partnership, but if I am in a heterosexual relationship, I need to let my, my partner who is a dominant divine masculine, I need to let him be a masculine. So I need to be in my like divine feminine energy 
for us to be yin and yang. And it's funny, the first time I ever got a reading on him in particular, I got the yin and the yang card, <laughs> the balance card, the divine masculine feminine. So it, there's so many ways that you can look at it. And people are very sensitive to this topic because they think that we're talking about gender and it's very different. There are a lot of overlaps to it, I guess. But um, it's about balancing them within yourself. Like a wounded feminine is like, like you're just maybe too into, like you're not doing anything to provide for yourself. You're not doing anything to take care of yourself. Complete neglect of self, right? Because you're so focused on someone else doing it for you. So it depends on how you look at it. Yeah, like when, I, when you mentioned like the feminine stuff and resting, like what, because when I go into meditation, usually like if I go into a restful state, it's like you're entering into a, into a womb. Mm-hmm. And then like, it feels like you're starting to generate more uh, energy and more, yeah, um, energy, like you're energy, gathering yeah. yourself again. That's you, feel you more, balancing your divine feminine. Yeah, it's like you feel more soft, you feel more relaxed, your emotions are flowing more freely. And so usually like that's what I've noticed. I don't necessarily have the language for, I don't really use that language, but I guess I kind of understand like how that, how that stuff kind of works. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, that's exactly what it is. So what are the foundations of manifesting? Because I know a lot of people will get into manifesting, act like they, they're going to manifest something and then it never happens. And so like, what are some key things that you need to know in order to manifest things? <laughs> Um, I think people don't really understand what manifestation is. And I think that's kind of the hard part. Manifestation is literally the act of setting an intention, a goal, and then bringing in all the skills that you need to get to that goal. People think that manifestation is just this Kind, kind of delusional concept that like I can just say that I'm so lucky and then everything's going to come to me and I don't necessarily believe that remember this is these are my spiritual truths um this is the way that I look at spirituality there's no wrong way you know whatever but um I think that manifestation is just has been turned into like this clickbait of like oh I did what are, what are these things that these people do they do like the, the um the whisper method and all these little things. So I'm like, oh my God, you have to have like a frequency. The only form of manifestation that I do is my name, literally walk through my day to day like it's already mine and quantum shifting. And that's because a quantum shift is very similar to that. I do a quantum shift when I feel like I need help kind of structuring my manifestations. And then after my shift for the next like three, four months, I move every day like it's already mine because that's what a shift is. I'm bringing myself closer to my desired quantum. Like you're getting closer, right? Um, I think people need to just scrap all the tricks, gimmicks and methods. That's not what manifestation is. It's about a frequency and feeling and setting a goal. And like, I have a a viral video that was very polarizing. I said, stop manifesting money (laughs) because money is a processing system and you're manifesting a system that doesn't make sense. You want to manifest the skills to get you to that money. So say you want, um, like, uh, well, I'm going to use the example of a car because I'm actively manifesting a car, but you want a car and, um, you're not just asking for the car to drop out of thin air. What you want is, you know, for me, I'd manifest the clients and the workshops where the income comes in 
for me to be able to get that car. So I set a goal and I set the, the, the things that I need to get to that goal. And I put it out to the universe that I want those things to get to that goal. And they go, okay, cool, because I'm working. Manifestation isn't just placing my order. Where is it? It's I'm placing my order, but I'm going to kind of do a couple laps. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm still working, you know, I'm going to socialize. Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I, 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 I am receiving, you know, my reward of my work and then you rest. So you work and then you rest to receive. You do both, right? But people are like, I'm just going to rest or I'm going to like slave myself over this. And that's, it's a balancing of the both. That's the masculine outward energy. And that's the feminine resting to receive. So um, yeah, I think people, I, I think it's just, there's so much noise on it. And I think people just need to understand it's, you manifest the skills to get you to that car, but then you're also going to need a consistent stream of income to pay for the car, right? There's going to be gas. Um, there's going to be repairs and let's say it's a luxury car. So it's kind of expensive, like opportunities to come in that are ongoing so that I have a constant stream of income to pay for those things and be okay. Like that's how I use manifestation. It's just to help me organize my goals and intentions through life to be able to experience what I want. I'm just manipulating energy, but I'm doing it with understanding how to manipulate energy properly. So then how do you, how do you, uh, you could say merge 5d consciousness to 3d consciousness? What, uh, what do you mean by that? Like you're in your higher self, you're in a very still, uh, state you can feel intense energy like of a higher vibrations that is different than being in touch with physical like the physical in a sense because yes in order to operate the physical there's some kind of use of logic and reasoning whereas like when you're up here you're more feeling and like up in an expanded state you know not necessarily almost like one with everything so like how do you mm -hmm. start to merge down into you know three-dimensional and start to move things the way that from meditation just i mean yeah from meditation so um well we kind of live i think we're kind of more in the 4d like and maybe not the 4d might not might, might not be the best use of terms but um the way that i look about it is the planes right so we're in the material plane that's where we are in the physical and the metaphysical it's kind of in the middle the inner planes is the elements. That's what shamans do. Shamans work with the elements. So they mainly work with the inner plane. And then the outer plane is that higher level of consciousness, our higher self, our spirit guides, Akashic records, all, this, all that. So because we're already actually in the middle, like where we physically reside, I don't find it to be that hard, um, but that's because I've got practice. And so one of the things that I have done is when I go into meditation, I always go to the crystalline grid, which is the etheric uh, and magnet. Uh, etheric, is it ultramagnetic, magnetic, etheric? I guess it's just like an etheric network and it basically covers the earth's energetic field basically. And a lot of people see this when they do like psychoactive substances and stuff. So it's like, you know, we have um, correlations to people who have gone on trips, but basically it's like this field and you go into an octahedron, which is a sacred vehicle that you create and a travel guide takes you to the octahedron uh, or uh, to the crystalline grid. It's the 5D. And so when I'm there and I'm doing work in the crystalline grid and I'm shifting or I'm feeling that oneness, I, I bring that with me as I, I put it, I bring it into my octahedron and then I take it down with me. And then I move through the rest of my day, always in the back of my head, consciously, mindfully thinking of higher self 
and thinking of physical ego. There are some times where we have to move through our day-to-day -day or through a situation very worldly, like our 5D awareness doesn't apply here. And there are some times where our worldly shit doesn't apply here. I just think it's about an overall like kind of connection with yourself and checking in with yourself to kind of be like, am I, am I operating out of higher self right now? Is this what, I, and, and operating out of the 3D, your physical self is also like ego, right? And we can't exist without our ego. So sometimes we do have to experience that. Um, but I take it with me in my octahedron and I meditate a lot. And so I'm always very connected to it. Um, when it comes to manifesting and like quantum shifting, you, when you step into that desired reality up there, that you don't come back who you were at the beginning. You come back down as that desired reality that you shifted into. That's just what a quantum shift is. I hope that answered that. I don't know if I was fully understanding. It. Yeah, that, that made sense. And it kind of yeah. sounded like you're talking about um, channeling in a sense. Kind of, yeah. Is that what that is? Um, channeling is basically allowing source consciousness or um, higher self or sometimes people use spirit guides to speak through you. So a lot of times when people channel, um, it's not them thinking of the words, it's just being kind of planted through your crown. A lot of people, their voice changes when they channel too. Not everyone, but some people. How does your voice sound? Um, when I'm in the Akashic records and I'm channeling, it's a little different than if I'm channeling. If I'm channeling normal, um, I'm fluid. When I'm downloading, I speak kind of broken because they're giving me so many different types. They're like showing me things and then they're making me feel things and they're telling me things. And this is, so I talk a little bit more broken. But for me, when I'm in the Akashic Records, I'm like, so this is what you are supposed to do. <laughs> it's like a little bit more robotic and slow and angelic. And then my friend Patricia, she sounds very, ro she's like, hello, like very robotic. And then my mom, she talks very similar to me. But she's like, hi, what are we doing today? Like her voice just kind of changes. Um, and I think it's just because you're you're feeling this energy and it's not who you are. So I think your voice probably just kind of changes just physically. But I don't know. It's kind of interesting. It's just basically speaking the word of God is essentially. It's just not your words originating. Like what, So when do you use it? Like how, how often do you do it? Um, I... I usually channel when I'm in the Akashic Records doing Akashic Record reading. If I, you know, I'm just meditating and all of a sudden a channeled message comes through, a downloaded message comes through, I'll write it out afterwards and I'll share it with who needs to see it. Um, I'll channel in certain readings with clients. Normally when I'm doing my coaching work, I prefer to download unless I'm being called to switch into channel. Or um, I just think like using my Claire's makes for a more comfortable coaching session because if i'm channeling my eyes have to be closed because i'm too fucking adhd and so i have to just kind of focus when i'm channeling and i think it prevents me from like really connecting so i i mainly use my clairs unless i'm doing deeper deeper readings okay and then last couple of questions uh can you break down how the process of clairvoyance clairaudience and claircognizance works how it how each of them work or the difference yeah, like between them? Yeah, how each one of them works. Okay, so clear cognizant is the knowing. I like to think of that as like the back of your brain. You kind of like, you might see things in the back of your brain. When you close your eyelids, you don't see it in your eyelids, but you like, you kind of see it in the back of your brain. You like, you know that they're giving you an image of this. You know that they're telling you this. You know, that it's it's a knowing. Um, who's, a, who's they? Like people, 
It depends on who you're connecting to. So that's the thing is people don't, they're not setting the intention of who they're connecting to for their, for their messages. And that's the biggest problem is it's like, do you even know if you're connecting to light? You could not be. So I only connect to source consciousness, or if it's just for me, my higher self, I do not get messages um, from. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. I don't like to work with archangels for advice because they're deities. They've never been human beings. They've only ever been of uh, like a conscious, like a state of um, angelic form, right? So they don't know the human experience. So I only go to them if I need their assistance with protection or food or shelter or clothing or healing or whatever. Um, so I don't get messages from them. But before I go in a session, if I want to talk to my spirit guides, I'll talk to my spirit guides. I've set the intention. I want to talk to one of my spirit guides. A spirit guide is an energy being that has been on earth and graduated because this is a university. This is the fucking Harvard of life experience, the hardest shit. And then, uh, so they've experienced life, but they're also there to guide me through it because they've done it all. So I'll talk to them for myself. I'll talk to my higher self or I'll talk to source. I determine that. I'm working with a client. I talk to their spirit guides or source. That's it. And I make it very specific who I'm talking to. So I will say I'm calling upon, um, you know, so-and-so spirit guides. Please provide me, you know, answers to my questions today. Thank you so much. Or whatever it is. I always claim the space is safe space. We're only high loving vibrational energies that we call in are able to connect to us. Um, so that's what the, that's where the messages are coming from. But that's the cognizance. The um, audience is the hearing. So some people hear voices and things or they'll hear things in the back of their brain. Um, and then voyance is the visual. So they see things when you close your eyes. Sometimes they'll see crazy colors or the, the, they'll have their eyes open, but they'll see visuals in front of them. Sometimes you'll still see that in the back of your head if you're looking at stuff. And then sentience is feeling. So you're literally feeling what the other person is feeling. Okay. And then final question, is there anything that you want to say or any advice that you want to give to people or anything you want to go over that we missed? Nothing that we've missed. I guess just what I'd love to reiterate is that I understand what people are going through with being at the beginning of their journey right now and having spiritual TikTok kind of be one of the main resources right now. And that I understand that it's hard and confusing and overwhelming and that my best advice is going to be to try to look from within try to block out that noise a little bit you can read you know important texts that are foundational texts like Deepak Chopra and um uh Don Miguel Ruiz uh The Alchemist there's a lot of books that you can read but all of your stuff's going to come from within and you have to learn like your yes and no signals and things like that. And if you can't afford a coach, you know, try to try to navigate it in that way. But I understand that it's hard and um, it's not impossible though. So don't get discouraged. Just try to meditate more is, you know, my best advice. I do also host workshops on this. If people can't afford coaching, I do an activating. So, so where can, where can people find you? Yeah. So I have uh, my website is it's already yours with one S dot co. And all my social handles are, it's already yours with two S's. That's my only account. I only have that account and I do not message people for readings. Um, and um, I host a lot of workshops. I have a activating your psychic abilities workshop that I do usually every other month. 
Um, and then I have a uh, energy protection and clearing masterclass that I do every other month as well. Um, I attune people to Reiki. So if you want to become a Reiki practitioner, I offer that as well. I have deep energy clearings, teaching you how to be in your body, meditation coaching. I've got shadow work coaching. I've got spiritual coaching overall. I do everything. <laughs> but the workshops can help people if you're trying to figure out what the fuck to do. Um, I also have a spiritual book club that I do, and that really helps people because we're reading spiritual texts and we're talking about it and we're learning from each other. And that community aspect can be really helpful for people at the beginning, too. Um, so trying to find spaces where you can connect with other people can be really helpful. It's a lonely All right. Place. Awesome. Thank you for coming <laughs> on, Madison. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.